This week on the Young and Dumb Podcast, we have Tony. As a UCF student, Tony has become accustomed to the knit and grit life, first getting his start in sales. After a summer filled with an unconventional internship, he found his calling in the classroom and now hosts a podcast to elevate emerging entrepreneurs. So this week, we emerge with Tony. So Tony's the host of the Emerging Entrepreneurs Podcast. So obviously, we had to give him the word emerge. Encouraging. For those who look out into the college landscape and don't see anything that seems to stick for them, Tony's advice is to just start trying things. Money. It's definitely important. But he realized early that it could only motivate him so far and that he needed to find something deeper if he wanted to put more hours into it. Exceptional. As a student. But what really sets him apart is what he does on campus. From student ambassadors to joining business fraternities, he knows how important it is to be involved on campus. Rising. He's in his last semester at UCF. What's ahead? Only time will tell. Grueling. That's what many people think of when it comes to sales. But Tony? He loves it and he thrives in it. Easy going. Don't get us wrong, Tony is someone who embodies the getcho grind up mantra, but he's able to give off an easygoing vibe when you talk to him. He's always moving, but he doesn't need to scream it at you. He'll just show it to you with his actions. This week, we emerge with Tony. Get Show Grind Up presents another episode of the Young and Dumb podcast. Your co-host from the East Coast, Justin and Gary, checking in again with episode number 105. This week, we take a trip all the way down to Florida, where Justin currently is, and bring on a UCF night. Tony and a fellow podcaster. Tony, say what's up to the people. What's up, guys? Hope you guys are doing well. Glad to be on here. Gary and Justin, thanks a lot, guys. Glad to have you on board, Tony. And since we are speaking about college and not wrestling, <laughs> we are going to dive into your journey, your story. So we're going to start off by asking, we want to take your journey and turn it into a loading bar, yeah? So from zero to 100%, where do you feel like you are on your loading bar? Dang. Oh, man, the loading bar. The loading bar is probably at like 10%, man, honestly. We got a lot of work to do. We got a long way to go. Um yeah. So in, in terms of just life lived, we'll say, hopefully we'll say 22%. Hopefully I make it to a hundred in terms of the work that I want to get done in my life and the impact that I want to make. I would, I would probably give it like a 10%. Honestly, got a lot of work to do from here. All right. 10%. Let's dive deep into that a little bit. I know you over the past, I want to say year or two, you've really kind of accelerated your growth, whether it's on campus stuff, starting a podcast and everything like that. So take us quickly through everything that you've done so far in your college journey. Yeah, man. So um, came down from Gainesville for my freshman year at UCF. I moved to Gainesville for two years. I lived up in Illinois uh, my entire life before that until I was 16. Then I moved to Gainesville because my dad got a job at UF. Uh, pretty much the only reason anybody moves to Gainesville. And so um, so then, you know, I was going to stay there for community college for a couple of years. Uh, had a bad breakup with uh, an ex-girlfriend and I was like, you know what, get me out of here. Like this town is boring anyway. So I came down to UCF. I knew we had a good football team. I was like, all right, Blake Bortles, I'm on it. Let's go. We're going to have a good football team. 
long story short, we go own 15 first year I was there, but <laughs> that's, that's a story for another time. <laughs> that's a lot um, of a UCF student, man. Yeah, right. For real. Um, but anyway, so first couple years, you know, just kind of live life as a college kid, just kind of took it all in, went to a bunch of different events that I could, um, just to meet people, just social events, just honestly had a lot of fun and just, just made the most of my freshman year. Um, and really had a, a ton of fun. And that's where I met my girlfriend that I'm still dating now. Um, actually sitting in her place recording this right now. So, so yeah, but then I got to my sophomore year and that's where everything changed for me. So at the end of my freshman year of college, I went away for the summer for a summer internship uh, called Southwestern Advantage. And I was basically selling these like educational resources door to door 80 hours a week for the entire summer and you're living in like a, a, with a host family. So like the first day I got to South Carolina, like the first two days we spent knocking on doors, asking people like if we could live with them or if they knew anybody we could live with. And so like, it was insane. Long story short, I was up in Tennessee for a week where their headquarters are doing training. And then I was in South Carolina for like three days and I got homesick, just like severely homesick. And I was like, I can't do it. And so I ended up coming home after like, a week and a half and you're just feeling like the biggest failure ever that seems like a crazy internship oh yeah in general though. yeah just, it, yeah. it was insane like that doesn't even <laughs> sound fun i mean hey you made you made good money if you did well that's so true. so that's what um that's kind of what was motivating me and um and so obviously i i'm sure you guys kind of know this as well too following your guys passion that Money might be a motivating factor, but for a lot of people, it's, you know, there's got to be something more to it than just money. Otherwise, you're, you won't make it through it. And that's that's what I found out early on in my life is that money, I'm not motivated by it, <laughs> even though I thought that I was. And so um, anyway, came back to Florida and basically had no job, was going to have to be paying for an apartment or something like that on my own when I came back my sophomore year for school and I had zero dollars in my bank account. And I was like, shit, <laughs> I have no clue what I'm going to do. And so um, I came home and I was just really down on myself and upset with myself that, you know, I lasted a week and a half at a summer long internship. And I was like, you know, I, I can't like if I, I remember driving back from South Carolina um, I wanted to leave late at night and my, my supervisors, they basically were just like, uh, we don't want you driving at night, like just sleep here at the hotel and then you can, uh, you can just leave in the morning. Like, that's fine. And I was like, all right, sweet. And so like, I woke up at like 6am and like, I just drove six hours from South Carolina back, back to Gainesville. And, um, and I remember on the ride home, just feeling so down and dejected um, about what I just did, but I knew that it was the right choice. You know, I, I didn't have any second thoughts about turning back and going back to South Carolina. I just, I knew that I needed to go home, but on my ride home, I was like, all right, if I'm going to quit this, then that doesn't mean I get to go home and sit on my ass all summer and do nothing. And so, um, first thing I did when I got home is, you know, I was living in Gainesville with my parents, but my girlfriend, she was, down here in Orlando. So I went back and forth for about two or three weeks, um, every couple days from Gainesville back down to Orlando. 
um, just interviewing for jobs and looking for jobs. And luckily I finally ended up getting one at Publix down here in Orlando. So I moved in with my girlfriend for the summer and started working at Publix, which long, Publix, man. Which, long story short was like one of the worst jobs ever. I, I worked there for about three months. I was like, Nope. Um, so talk us but, through a little bit of um, the internship experience. Cause I know, I mean, even myself, I thought that my internship that I first got was going to be this amazing experience. I thought it was going to be great. I'm like, okay, I'm going to kill it. This is the number one finance internship in the U S and I get yeah. there and it's like, all right, you're just selling insurance. And I'm like, okay, yeah. this is fun. Not really, but this is fun, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Talk us through kind of that kind of mindset shift of like, oh, you thought this was going to be the internship of your lifetime to, oh, this really sucks. And like kind of having to tell your parents like, oh, this sucks, even though you were so hyped about it. Yeah, man. So honestly, um, not much to say about it just because uh, I'll, I'll tell you why here. Um, honestly, it wasn't the work for me that I like hated. It's not like I hated going door to door, knocking on on doors and and pitching uh, these educational resources to people because I really did believe in the product, you know, over over the few months before I went, when I did my sales training and everything and got prepared, uh, I really believed in what I was selling. And so that made it a lot easier. But also the thing that I tell people, because I got to be honest about it, is that the day that I left is the day that we were going to go out to start selling. So if you think about that, I didn't even go out, man. Mm. Like I didn't even go out in the field and sell anything. Like I didn't knock, I didn't knock on one single door other than the doors that I knocked on to ask people if we could live with them. And so that was another like big hit for me was that I was like, wow, I went up here. I trained for like three months, memorized a seven page sales script all for nothing. Like I literally just did all this for nothing. Um, obviously looking back, it wasn't for nothing. Like I, I learned a ton from it, even just a few months that I was in training and I met a lot of great people that I still talk to, uh, to this day. And so it just really, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's just the honest truth. I, I left the, the day that we were supposed to go out and start selling. So I really didn't get that big of an experience other than like intangibles from it. So I, I noticed that like, Throughout our podcast history, talking to a lot of individuals, successful individuals, uh, motivated individuals, a lot of them have a history in sales. Um, regardless of their success in sales, they have some history of the knit, the grit, the grind, um, basically being thrown into the water and told to swim. Um, and for them specifically, um, they said it was probably one of the best experiences of their lives, um, just even if they didn't go through with the situation, but just being put in that situation to thrive, what do you, what would you say being in that sales position did for you? I think it really, I think it wasn't so much about the sales that, um, that taught me a lot. It was more about like what you said, the, the knit and the grit from it. It taught me how to work hard. It taught me how to put my head down and get things done when I needed to, because as most people know, sales isn't super glamorous. While there's a lot of money to be made in it, you know, the work that goes into it is is pretty difficult and you have to put a lot of hours in. And sales is something that still interests me. 
uh, to this day. And, and I really can't figure out why when all my experiences have, <laughs> have been seemingly negative from them because just this past summer, I worked for about two to three weeks with a company selling um, these online office supply subscriptions. And I did really well at it for the couple of weeks. Um, and like my bosses, they were like, I didn't make uh, a ton of sales, but like I was doing everything right. It was just that, you know, it just wasn't like converting. It was just kind of uh, bad luck. And it was just more like a law of averages, just need to hit more people. And on my last day is actually when I got um, like my first sale. And so, and then the day after that, I was like, nah. <laughs> so it's kind of weird, but, um, but it was just the hours and the schedule that I was living. I was waking up, going to work, getting done with work, going back to the office to wrap up the day, coming home, eating dinner, showering, going to bed, waking up the next day and doing the same thing all over again. And like, it was my first like full-time job experience. I'd never really been used to working that much, like that many days consecutively and for that long of hours. And even in a full-time job, that's still a lot. And so um, it was just crazy. And it was the middle of the summer and I had to wear a suit. And like I was parking my car and walking like half a mile to like local businesses and stuff. And it was just like, it was it was insane. So like I literally have picked the most insane sales <laughs> experiences I could have. So maybe I just really want to... <laughs> teach uh teach myself some kind of lessons through that but I, I don't really know and this semester i'm getting ready to start an internship with um a golf startup doing sponsorship sales so that's a little bit different i'll you know be sitting behind a computer and a phone doing that so so that's a little bit different and um hopefully going to be working with a party tutor here pretty soon which is which is an app here down in orlando and uh getting ready to expand into different markets in florida and hopefully eventually around the world. And so um, kind of going to be doing the same thing there, selling uh, different uh, experiences and deals to different restaurants in the area and stuff like that. So sales is something that's always interested me, even though um, after failing multiple times, I, I really don't understand why, but it's just always something that's appealed to me. Yeah. I mean, you got to fail to learn, right? And yeah. if you, I mean, if you get that, you start working with party tutor and you've got some deals or anything free, swing them my way. Uh, I got like, you, bro. <laughs> appreciate that. Justin is the king of deals. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, let's get back to the conversation of your journey. You, you've done obviously a lot of things in sales. You've tried you, through trial and error. You still think sales is your path. Let's talk about school. I know you're involved a lot on campus. What are you, or what were you, and what are you involved with? And how has that kind of helped you learn either about the education system or just learn in general? Yeah, so um, I think that my experience in school goes a lot back to what we were talking about with sales, about the the knit and the grit. And maybe that's why, uh, you know, I've been so attracted to sales because since I came back, um, you know, from that summer internship after my freshman year and really put my head down and just started working, you know, I've always just been doing the nitty gritty work always just trying to work hard and, and gain experience and so maybe i just like the, the idea and the feeling of you know working really hard um and whatever job i'm doing or whatever i'm doing but uh kind of to continue with the story I, I came back to school you know i started working at Publix. ended up uh being done with that after three months got a job with ymca worked with them for about a year and then did like unpaid internships and volunteer opportunities um in between there since i wasn't making money at that 
Um, I, you know, that's why I worked at YMCA, but the thing that really shifted my mindset for me and kind of my experiences in college is that first semester that I came back to school after that summer, um, I joined the sport business minor at UCF. And so uh, originally I didn't even know it was a minor. I just needed classes to take and I needed an elective and I saw intro to sport business management. I was like, fuck yeah, sports, let's go. Like this is going to be lit. And this dude comes walking into class the first day and like no phone policy. Otherwise you get dropped a letter grade and like, speaking a thousand miles an hour and i'm like who the hell is this dude how do you do sports and like you're not constantly getting espn notifications on your phone like yeah that right exactly make sense. yeah no but but yeah and so um was just like who the heck is this guy and like the second day of classes all these students from the, the program came in and talked about their experiences i was like okay that's pretty cool like they got to do a bunch of different volunteer opportunities and and stuff like that they get to like do an end of the year trip some of them do and like go get to tour like professional sport facilities and other stuff like this and so i thought that was really cool and then my professor comes back up and he starts he pulls up this article on his computer with some guy with the same last name as him who's the assistant gm of the sons and i'm like i'm like wait what i was like like a cousin maybe something like that no like this is this dude's twin brother this professor's twin brother is the assistant gm of the phoenix suns and that was at the time and now he um the gm of the suns just got fired a little bit of a tangent here but the gm of the suns just got fired so that professor's twin brother is actually one of the people acting as the interim gm right now for the phoenix suns so um and so yeah and so i knew i was like all right like this is, this is where I got to be. Like, if I want to work in sports, like, this is where I got to be. And it's crazy because it's not just him. All the professors in the program, um, they're super well connected in the sport business industry. And so that was really um, kind of where where I am now. Uh, you can draw, draw it back to that. And so I've had a ton of different experiences since joining that minor. That professor, I've been a teaching assistant for him twice, um, most recently, just last fall, uh, last semester. And so I've got to intern with the UCF athletics. So like when UCF went undefeated, that was a marketing intern for them, which was a really cool experience. Um, got to be an intern and now a staff member with the youth sports organization around the area. And uh, those guys treat me really well. So that's really awesome that I get to do that. I've had um, internships with the golf channel. I've got to volunteer at uh, Justin Rose's. He's a professional golfer. His uh, annual charity golf tournament for his foundation. I got to volunteer at that and meet him and his wife and like sat down and talked to his uh, father-in-law for like 15 minutes. Uh, like it was, it was crazy. And so um, I've got to volunteer and intern at all these different cool events. And I just remember my sophomore year um, when I joined that program, I really just decided that I was going to put my head down and I was going to work really hard to, to get what I want. And so um, basically who I am now can really be traced back to joining that program and, and volunteering with that program and everything like that. And then also, um, you know, I joined a professional business fraternity on campus as, um, my sophomore year as well. Uh, I'm no longer in that now, but I uh, was in that for about a year or so. And uh, really got some great things out of that and met one of my mentors now through that. 
and uh, now I serve as an ambassador for the College of Business at UCF. And so um, basically that minor really just taught me how to get involved. And really, even if you don't know exactly what you want to do or don't really know what you're doing, um, just get involved and, you know, you'll kind of figure it out. You'll find out those things that you like and things that you don't like. And um, basically it's just about trying everything that you can to, to figure out what you like. And so I know that was a really roundabout way to answer that question, but kind of just want to finish the story there of, you know, um, why that all lines up and how that all comes full circle. And so um, my advice for anybody really is, is really just go get involved with anything that you can, anything you think you might be interested in, just go do it. You're never going to know if you like it or if you're good at it, unless you, uh, unless you go try it. And, and you've gotten so much great experience in, in what you've done. And just by taking this course, um, just being introduced to, I mean, he's a twin brother, but you're the transitive property. Yeah. You got to meet the, the assistant GM for the Phoenix Suns, which is incredible. Yeah. Um, and you got to work for the undefeated, dare I say, national champion. Hashtag national champion. You know UCF Golden Knights, which is incredibly dope. But break it uh, break it down for us. Let us know a little insight uh, about the things that some of us um, non-sports workers wouldn't uh, wouldn't know not being in industry. So what did you learn in the industry that, um, that kind of surprised you or uh, caught your eye that the, the, nor- the average individual wouldn't know? So um, a lot of people, even people who join this minor when they originally, when they first joined the minor, you know, they come in like, oh, I want to be a GM of a team or, you know, you know, obviously like all the high level glamorous positions and, and that's what everybody sees um, on the outside. But, you know, you don't see the people working operations and picking up barricades and moving them and picking up trash off the ground and all the people working in corporate uh, sponsorships. So anything that you see that happens on the field with some kind of business, um, you know, that's corporate partnerships, that's doing that ticket sales. If you're coming to a game, you know, there's people um, behind desks who are calling people all day doing ticket sales and trying to sell as many tickets as they can to get people to come to games and increase revenue for the teams. And so a lot of people, um, you really don't think about the inside jobs of, of the sport business industry until, you know, you take these classes and I really didn't even think about it until I took these classes. And now, um, I'm just so much more informed about it and about the sport business industry. And, I think the biggest thing, if, if anybody listening is interested in working in the sport business industry, um, you got to get involved and you got to get involved early and you got to get involved a lot. And even once you do that, um, you know, even if you get a job after volunteering and interning all your time and things like that, um, you know, there's no guarantee that these jobs are high paying, you know, people think about professional sports teams, but think about all like the minor league sports teams and the college athletics teams and think about working for a, a division three athletics program. Like you just got to think about that. And so usually that's like one, like programs that smaller one person running like four different things at, at one time. And so even at UCF, my roommate, he, um, he just started working with uh, tennis. And so he has to do men's and women's tennis and the person before him managing men's and women's tennis for like social media and video and stuff like that was doing men's and women's tennis, I think, and volleyball or another sport at the same time. And you think about UCF and how big of a program that is. And there's still people who are working on, 
you know, multiple different things at once. And, um, the pay really isn't, isn't what you think it would be pay in the sports industry is pretty crap at the beginning, unless you get a, a really good job in sports or you work in ticket sales and you're really good at that and you make high commissions. But, um, a lot of the work you're, you're basically going to be doing free labor is what it's almost going to feel like you might be getting paid, but more than likely you're going to be getting underpaid. And so obviously right now I sound like I'm preaching for reasons you shouldn't be working in the sports industry, but you know, I just, I just say all that to, uh, you know, to fend off anybody who isn't really about it, who really thinks that, Oh, I want to work in the sports industry, but they're not actually willing to put in the work. Like they just want to be in a high level position and, and not put in the work and they don't understand the work that it takes to, to get to those positions. And so, um, you know, sports business industry is a, a complex, um, I don't know what, whatever you want to call it. It's just very complex (laughs) and there's a lot of different levels to it. And, um, just a lot of things that you wouldn't think about before actually working in the industry. And so, um, just my biggest things would be getting involved and, you know, working really hard at what you're doing, even if you think nobody's watching, cause there's always somebody watching. And you're right. Like I, whenever I watch sports, I only hear about, you know, the team owner, GM coach slash manager, and that's really it. And there's, there's so many people behind the scenes that pull strings that, um, basically put the whole production together um, and they definitely go underappreciated, um, but I definitely support everything you're saying there. Um, and we've had a chance to, to look at approximately 10% um, of your journey so far, uh, but we want to know what, in your eyes at least, what 100% looks like. Oh, man. It's a loaded question. Um I think a, a lot of it is going to have to do with the podcast. It's going to be about forming relationships with people that I haven't even met or even thought about yet. Um, really just expanding my network. And then from there, um, it's about finding opportunities where I can make myself most useful to those people and help out with any causes that they need help with that I really believe in. And so, um, it's really about spreading myself in a variety of areas where I'm making an impact for a lot of people. And so I think at the end of the day, you know, a hundred percent is, is impacting the highest amount of people that I can. And so, you know, you want to set something lofty You said like a billion people, like impact a billion people. Um, I heard something really great that I actually posted on, um, my story the other day and I don't remember where I heard it now, but the meaning of billionaires is switching very rapidly. And, you know, we think of billionaire now as a billionaire as someone who has a billion dollars or is worth a billion dollars. But soon being a billionaire is going to mean someone who's impacted or influenced a billion people. And so, um, it, you know, more and more, that's just what you see everything shifting to is, is it's all about impact and adding value. And so um, while I don't have an exact, you know, an exact grasp on what a hundred percent looks like for me, um, you know, it definitely deals with, with impacting and positively influencing um, 
a lot of people. Definitely. No, I think that's huge. And that's a really interesting perspective on the whole billionaire thing. And I think one person to follow with that is Tony Robbins. Like he does his whole thing where he doubles the amount of people that I think he feeds on Thanksgiving every year or something along the lines like that. And that's just insane. The amount he's, I don't know how much, but it's in the millions that he's doing it right now. But with that, we get to move on to our favorite part, which is the deep thinking question. So, Tony, Sweet. are you ready? I guess so. I thought I already got asked some deep questions, so let me get ready for this. All right. So I know we didn't get to cover your podcast, so briefly talk about your podcast first before answering this. But who would be your top three people to interview or collab with on your podcast? All right. So I think... Um, well, let me start off with just talking about my podcast. So um, my podcast is called Emerging Entrepreneurs. And so on that, I interview uh, different entrepreneurs who are up and coming, which just like, um, you know, in the Young and Dumb podcast, the U stands for up and coming. And so um, I really resonate with that. And so I like to interview people whose stories haven't been told and whose stories not a lot of people know about. So I think that's super important because you're so used to hearing the same stories over and over again, the the same people, because not that they don't have good stories, but, you know, there's this group of influencers now and, you know, they all have podcasts and then they all put each other on each other's podcasts. And so you're just listening to somebody else's podcast with the same person on it. And so um, it's just hearing a lot of the same stuff. And so uh, that's really what Emerging Entrepreneurs is about. So um, if you guys want to check that out, just search emerging entrepreneurs, wherever you can listen to podcasts. It's on pretty much any platform out there. Uh, if you can't find it on whatever platform you listen on, just let me know. Uh, you can also visit, uh, my website, www.emergingpodcast.com on there. If you're interested in starting your own podcast, I just created uh, my own course called the create your own podcast course. And so it's a eight part video series basically teaching you everything you need to know from the equipment you need to distributing your podcast out to different platforms uh, to help you create your own podcast. And so, um, Justin, go ahead and ask that question again. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Um, Who would be the top three people you'd like to either interview or collab with on your podcast? So I think number one, right off the top of my head, that comes to mind is Ed Milet. So I love Ed Milet. Um, and not that I think his, like the content in his podcast is that much greater than anybody else's out there. I mean, he has a good, he has a great podcast. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I think what sets Ed apart from so many other people is if you listen to him, you can hear how genuine his voice sounds and how genuinely interested is he is and what his guests have to say, you know, they'll say something and, he's just like absolutely starstruck by everything that his guests say. And it's like that for everybody. It's insane. And so uh, he's just such a genuine guy. And so I would love to get the chance to, to interview him and, um, and really just tell him how much that means to me. And I'm sure how much that means to, to so many other people that listen that he genuinely cares about who he's talking to and everything like that. I think you could get him on too. Um, a friend of ours, Mark Metry, I think he got uh, Ed on his podcast. Yeah. Um, 
basically i know mark his strategy is just basically hit up hit up hit up hit up yeah. whether it's dm and um linkedin and email i know ed's active on linkedin he's commented on a few of my videos so like oh true just hit the dms hard with him maybe even just send him a video like giving him a testimonial and asking him to come on i think you you could get him on that'd be sweet that would be really cool for sure even if it was like a 10 minute interview i wouldn't even care that'd be yeah, sweet i think you could dude um and then number two um would definitely be probably like the the biggest um podcaster that inspired me to start my podcast which is lewis house and so if you listen to my podcast you can hear a lot of similarities and and how i set the podcast up and even some of the things that i say in my podcast um are mirrored straight off him um my last question of the podcast three truths that's straight from his podcast so I'm working on changing that to something that's that's just as meaningful and thought provoking, but something different to to make it my own. Um, so Lewis Howes definitely uh, he was he was like the first podcast I ever like religiously listened to. Um, like a year, I started like a year and a half ago. Started listening to him, um, and so he would definitely be my second one, just because he's probably been the biggest inspiration for for me starting my podcast and everything like that. And then third, that's the tough one. Number three, if I could hmm. see, and it can be anybody. Um, hmm. Man, I'm trying to think, it could be anybody. Three is always a hard one, man. I know, <laughs> you can always think of two, but three is just tough. <laughs> Um, honestly, it's so weird that this person pops into my head, but I just love his acting and like, he, he's one of my favorite actors. Um, I would have to say like the, the third one that I could get on the podcast just to pick his brain and stuff is uh Benedict Cumberbatch. So if you've ever seen the show Sherlock or, or Dr. the movie, that, yeah, Dr. Strange, love Sherlock. um, yeah, Sherlock is such a good show, but I love Benedict Cumberbatch. He, he's the man. Um, and so I don't know why he popped into my head, but he's, he's probably one of my favorite actors. And so I love to get the chance to even just talk to him for a little bit and, and pick his brain. Um, not a lot of people know this, but, um, in high school I did, uh, musicals. And so I did that my, my freshman and sophomore year, I, I did a uh, West side story and then I did footloose. And so, um, I did acting and, and performing is something I want to get back into. And so um yeah benedict cumberbatch is just somebody that that is super interesting to me and um i just am really interested to see what he is like in real life because he's just so interesting and quirky as an as an actor and all the parts that he plays and so i have to imagine he's somewhat like that in real life but i really don't know but um yeah again don't know why he popped up into my head but but that'd be number three probably Dope, dope. And uh, I, I loved him in uh, both Doctor Strange and the Avengers movies. Yeah. Um, but just seeing his personality there, I, I do wonder that as well, what he'd be like in real life. It's really dope. All right. So second question for you here. So for us, Young and Dumb stands for young, dedicated, up and coming, motivated, and bold. But for you, what does Young and Dumb stand for? Mm-hmm. Let's see. 
I think for me, young and dumb just means that we're willing, like, you know, the whole millennials, quote unquote, whatever you want to call it, um, just like gets such a bad rap. And um, I would, I don't even know if we're technically considered millennials. I think we're like Gen Z. We're the weird uh, age where yeah. we get classed with both. So yeah, I don't even, I don't even we're know. Everything that's wrong. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, that, that is not important at this point. Um, I just think the way that we get classified, you know, um, some people think, you know, oh my God, we're the dumbest generation ever and we don't know how to do anything and we're all entitled and this and that. And then also on the other hand, there's the people that say, are you kidding me? Like they're the smartest people. They have the access to the most technology. Like there's more like younger entrepreneurs than ever before. Uh, people in politics, the, the age in Congress is getting younger and younger all the time. Like it dropped like 10 years just during uh, this past election. And, um, and then also, um, what was the other thing I was going to say about age? Oh, like millionaires and billionaires. Um, the age of them is dropping rapidly as well. And so they're just getting younger and younger. And so um, I think that like in taking in taking both of those, I think young and dumb for me um, just means that, you know, we're a generation who a lot of us are just really willing to try anything. <laughs> and yeah, we're, we're pretty stupid sometimes probably, but you know what, we're young and dumb and you know, that's what it is. And um, like you guys said earlier, you know, you never really find out unless you try it. And so um, go out there, fail, fail hard. You know, it might be stupid at the time, but you're going to learn something from it. So, um, you know, we might be young and dumb, but but we learn from our mistakes. So I would say that uh, that's what young and dumb means to me. Love it. Love it. All right. So before we ask our last question, where can everybody find you? Where can they find your podcast? And just give yourself a shout out right here. Yeah. So like I said before, um, I host the Emerging Entrepreneurs podcast. So just uh, search Emerging Entrepreneurs on uh apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher spotify um basically anywhere um it's not on soundcloud anymore it used to be but it's not anymore uh so don't go looking for it there um the website like i mentioned earlier www.emergingpodcast.com um, my youtube channel is just my name i believe tony mcgee or you can just go to my website and um you can get the link to uh, the entire course there and, and watch the create your own podcast course. If you're interested in that, um, if you want to follow me on my personal page at Tony McGee, 15 on Instagram, uh, just search up Tony McGee on LinkedIn, on Facebook. Um, if you want to find me on Instagram, uh, for the podcast, it's at emerging entrepreneurs podcast. Uh, same thing for Facebook as well. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So if you want to get in touch with Tony, we'll have all the links down in the description of the episode so last question are you ready i'm ready Let's all right do so it. I'm, I'm switching it up from usual because you usually listen to lewis house and way before he started asking the three truths question he used to ask what is a question that uh you wish that he asked you but oh uh, yeah i'm gonna take gary's question this week and a mess and say let's imagine 100 years from now so you're 121 122 years old okay and it's your last day on earth but 
you're surrounded by your friends and family and you look on the bookshelf as your family member gives you a book and it happens to be your autobiography mm-hmm. and the first chapter is your journey up until this very day what mm-hmm. is the title of that chapter all right so like i'm i'm getting ready to die yeah so saying? you've accomplished everything but okay. this first this autobiography and the first chapter is literally from day you're born until right now, like age 21. Or 22, oh, until whatever. right now. Yeah, oh, yeah. okay. Introduction, bro. <laughs> introduction. <laughs> introduction or exposition, man. We're just getting started. <laughs> I like it. No, I love it, man. And Tony, uh, you, your story so far is incredible. And I, I think you have um, a so much potential to grow, especially with your podcast, with your future in sports, um, with emerging leaders, or I'm sorry, entrepreneurs. Um, and we wanted to take the time to thank you for coming onto the podcast, sharing all that information with us and, you know, just hanging out. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Justin. I really appreciate it. Really enjoyed being on the podcast. Love it, Tony. And all of our listeners out there, if you guys want to learn just a little bit more about Tony, as we mentioned earlier, we're dropping all of his info on our website, getshowgrindup.com. You can follow us on social, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at getshowgrindup. As I said before, as and I'm going to say all year round, we're coming at you with the energy. All 2019 Get Your Grind Up season. We'll be back very soon with another episode of the Young and Dumb podcast. Always remember, we are all young and dumb. And never forget, Get Your Grind Up. All 2019. See you guys soon. Peace. Peace.